This is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Rogue Washington. You've made it to episode 61. Michael is telling the kids to get off his lawn. That's basically... <laughs> that's the hay that, that that's the hay that you just did. I yelled toward towards the window. Right. Uh, maybe they heard it. Those, 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 those they, damn kids. Yeah, there's... Yeah, those dang kids. Do you want to talk about kids? Is this, is this, are, we, are, we, are we pivoting? No, I... I I'm I'm kind of grateful every time I you know hear kids playing outside and see like toys all over lawns and stuff. I don't know. I kind of mm-hmm. like that. Oh, we, just don't want them on my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's great for your lawn, kids. <laughs> all right. No, we have a bunch of kids here, and like it's cute. It's cute seeing them play. But like I'm in an area where there's still like building, and so it's there's yeah. still areas of, of my a neighbor that are like a construction site, and I'll see kids playing on like piles of like rubble and rebar, and I'm like. Ugh. Mm, that's not a good Probably. idea. Probably, but like the parents are there, like, like video, like, 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 like filming them on their phones for like TikTok and shit. I'm just like, mm, yeah, probably shouldn't be doing that. But whatever, I'm my fucking kid. You know what I'm saying? Gotta get those, gotta get those little internet hearts. Listen, internet if, reactions. If I can't get internet points, why the fuck am I alive, Michael? Why, why did I have a kid? Why did I have? A- <laughs> What? If I can't monetize them. <laughs> if I can't fictitiously monetize my child with fake internet points that I can't eat with, what's the point of having them? Honestly. Yeah. <clears throat> Good question. Too funny, man. This is... I'm so excited. So episode 261, I'm excited for that, but I'm all excited for, for a couple other reasons. Um, we're getting closer and closer. You know, and I know everyone's going to get mad at me. We're getting closer and closer to my favorite time of the year. Me do you too. Know my favorite time. It, it's it's both of my favorite times. But do you want to tell yeah. everyone at home what our favorite time of the year is? Christmas time. Fuck yes. <laughs> I, I found love Christmas I, so much. I just realized this the, the other day that we have this little um, this fake little Christmas tree. It's maybe two feet tall or something. And mm-hmm. we just I don't know. It's just one of those things that you put somewhere in the house. Sure. Uh, and I've left it out all year. <laughs> and. We also have these these throw these these throw blankets that we put on the couches, and one of them, it's covered in little wiener dogs that are dressed up <laughs> in Santa hats and things like that. Okay, and that's just that's been out all year. And there's you know one Christmas ornament that I left out, and I stuck it in a in a tiny little pot. Uh, and I do this because I find it so hard to put the Christmas stuff away when can't, Christmas is done. Can't do that. that. I f- I fight my wife and I, I tell her like, no, we're leaving that out. It's not over. <laughs> it's, <laughs> fun is over when I say it's over. All right. <laughs> so you'll see random Christmas things all over the house. I sent you a photo of the of the built-in shelves I have. Look in that photo. There is a Santa Claus. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I think I, I sent you that photo in like August. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> but before that, we got to get through Halloween. I'm excited for Halloween. As well. Yeah, it's it's my son's first Halloween. It's uh, it's gonna be a good time. Do you? Okay, I have to ask you. Okay, was that a, was mm. that was that a can or a gun? That was. <laughs> I'm not that crazy. I'm like, yeah, dude, Halloween. <laughs> like, oh man, dude, fucking <laughs> shit. That, that was that was uh, that was Barry uh, Barry Lacroix. Oh, yeah. man of class. I see. Yeah. Um, do you, okay, so do you have a lot of kids in the neighborhood. Do, do, do people in your neighborhood do this thing called booed? Like you get booed? 
you get booed. Oh, for Halloween. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I don't so know what that is. Basically what happened I, I don't know if any, I don't know if people no, Becky's heard this. So Becky's heard this. So I don't know what this is. We're like you'll get a little bucket or a basket and you'll fill it with like goodies and like candy and Halloween stuff and you put like a little note in there and then you you take it to someone's door and you knock and you like run away. And it's supposed to be anonymous. They're not supposed to know who you are. You're supposed to keep it a secret. And then you get it and the note says, Well, you've been booed. You know, be sure to boo two people back, and like it's this thing that's happening. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm probably doing a very, very shitty job of describing something. But like, you're supposed to then go and boo two other people. I think it's a. I think it's a way of very directly injecting Halloween spirit into like uh-huh. people's homes and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. I, I'd never heard of it, so we got we got booed. Like uh, one of the folks in the neighborhood um, booed us. And we saw who it was because we have a video doorbell. Um, so we know we so so we so we know who you are. We're coming for you. <laughs> you just blew me that finally out. So it's really funny. Becky was telling me like, oh yeah, it's supposed to be anonymous. So like, you know, what we can do is we can like scope out some houses at night and see who hasn't been booed because when you get booed, you're supposed to put like a sticker on your door so people know. Oh okay, then like oh we'll go and scope around some houses at night, but people can't know it's us, so we gotta like put hoods on and we can put masks on and then when we see a house we just sneak up to it with the mask and drop it off at the front door and I'm just like I'm gonna have to stop you there okay you are married to a brown man sweetheart <laughs> all of these are the hallmarks of getting my ass fucking killed alright oh man I'd rather not skulk around in the night with indiscriminate packages with my hood up and a face mask on in Florida <laughs> It's not. It's not my vibe. It's not my. That's vibe. a good call. You yeah, know? I like <clears throat> living. I like living. I have qualms with it sometimes, <laughs> but I generally, for the most part, you know, I find it enjoy I, life. I find it amiable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got some ups and downs and shit like that. Talking of ups, new Blink One Eighty Two album. New Blink One Eighty Two album is going to be out this uh, this month. I'm super excited. Fuck yeah, dude. I, I, I took your advice. I went to the Blood Community 2 subreddit and I saw all the people complaining. Everyone, everyone just wants to complain. Like, dude, you should be happy. Yeah. Right? Like, we're, it's, it's fine. We're here to talk about watches. We're here to talk about watches. But yeah, watches. That's what it was. Life that's is, why I'm here. Life is good. Forgot. Getting closer and closer to the greatest time of the year. Uh, getting closer and closer to a new Blink album. My son's doing great. He's crushing it gonna be cool but this is but all be- the watches all the watches are broken though all your watches speak yourself <laughs> all your watches are broken. that's what inspired this episode so episode 261 of the two book watch snobs <laughs> podcast are expensive watches even worth it is the title yeah. of the show and this topic was precipitated by the fact that another one of michael's precious darlings has broken I literally have two broke watches now. Two broke watches. Hey, hello, it's two broke watches. <laughs> like, uh, don't you mean two broke watch knobs? No. Two-brokewatches.com. That's cool, man. Fuck, now I got to go and buy that dummy before someone else does. Tell everyone at home which watch broke. Or do you want to save it? Do you want to save it for the... We'll save it. We'll go through the wrist check. We'll get the energy up. We'll build we'll get, up some, some momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll we'll do the reveal because there's it's gonna be a roller coaster of emotions. There's a new watch alert. There's Shit, a watch right. broke. 
Yeah, so we can, yeah, we can save that for the main topic. <laughs> should, I do, should I do my wrist check first then, since you have a new watch alert? Yeah, go for it. Go All for right. it. I, uh, it is a beautiful, sunny day here in uh, on the west coast of Florida. It is like high 70s right now. It's very windy. My wife and I went we, to, 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 to get breakfasty brunch or whatever the fuck people do in the morning. And I'm like, you know what? This feels like a Christmas chrono day. This mm. feels like an Orient Neo 70s motherfucking Christmas chrono day. And so that's what I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing my Orient Neo 70s Christmas chrono limited edition, limited to a thousand pieces made in uh, 2016. It's a JDM model. They were made to commemorate Christmas in Japan. I'm assuming. Oh, I can't uh, hear you. Oh, oh, that was weird. Your internet cut out there. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. 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 That was weird. Yeah, I, I, I think your internet cut out again. Strange. Because mine's <clears throat> perfect. Okay. Yeah, it looks it looks good on my end. I just don't know why it's... Uh... That was weird. Yeah. Okay. All right, keep going. Should yeah, just... that watch probably never breaks. Should I just... <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't break. Um, what was I saying? Orient US 70s. It's a JDM model, so you're not going to see it on the stupid Orient USA website. Don't buy from Orient USA because... I hold grudges, and I'm very, very petty, as I'm sure people are discovering who've been listening to this show for 261 goddamn episodes. Um, <laughs> I bought my Orient Neo 70s. Um, I actually bought it on eBay um, because I found it. I found it on a Reddit post back in God, like, dude, when did I buy this thing? 2017, 2018. <clears throat> I'm feeling 17. I think it was seven because I, I think it was after that 2016 Christmas time. Thing. Yeah. So, um, it is a so very unusual for for Orient. So it is part of the Orient Neo Seventies line, which we don't see too much here in the uh, United States. The Orient Neo Seventies line is a collection of watches. Generally, they're solar quartz or they're just mm. quartz watches, which is already unusual for Orient because Orient, for the most part, really leans heavily into their into promoting their in-house. Um, mechanical like automatic movements and everything like that mm. uh, especially post Epson takeover where they started to revitalize all the different calibers on the on the the 469 or 467 platform and everything like that um, but this is a solar quartz chronograph the Orient Neo 70s line it's a collection of watches that takes sort of design tropes from the 70s and kind of puts a little bit of a twist on them so uh, I love this watch. This watch, I think, was one of the originators of Kaz Seal. Like, this is one of the first watches where I was like, yes. Yeah. I will buy this watch. I will buy many watches, and it will be good. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, that's what I'm wearing now. I just wanted to get some sunshine, because it was, uh, the, the, the battery was running, uh, was running a, a little bit low. That's nice. Simple. Back to basics. Back to basics. I love this thing, dude. Like, this yeah. is... This so the watch is forty two millimeters, which at this point in my sort of personal journey of watch wearing preferences, forty two millimeters is the maximum millimeter inch I would be willing to wear. But what's helping is the fact that it's it's a quartz chrono, so it's not thick. Yeah. If it was like <clears throat> like I couldn't wear my sumo these days. So this thing is probably this thing's probably like eleven millimeters thick, mm. which I'm fine with. 
on a yeah the sumo going back to something like that would be so weird for you now i should i should bring my green one actually when uh next time we're together how's that one doing is, is it is it treating it, you well yeah it is it's not broken um <laughs> <laughs> every time you ask me about a watch i'm like oh is it broken no no, no it's not broken isn't it great <laughs> so that's what i'm wearing i'm wearing my christmas chrono um we ended up calling it you and i decided the name of it was going to be the christmas chrono no one should ever credit orion with that that is that is our fucking thing we work yeah, we're pretty good at nick. We're, we're not bad at nicknaming watches. I think we're pretty good. We have our good track record. We have a good track yeah. record. You got the minnow. You rock that. The minnow. Yeah, it's still the best name. That's good. That, that little watch. <laughs> but that's what <sighs> we're man. What do you? What do you got? What's your new watch alert? Do you have a you used to give a new watch alert? Yeah. So yesterday I went to the mall by myself because I do that sometimes to a, walk around. You got an Auntie Anne's pretzel by yourself. <laughs> Right, ten dollars, ten dollar uh, pretzel. You got an orange Julius by yourself. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I so I was um, I I went through another, or I'm going through another watch servicing episode, uh, where something started to malfunction. Got to take care of that. Not really happy about it. So, um, you know, I did the usual thing where I I kind of just walk around and take a look at the the kiosks see all the cool invictas mm-hmm. um and then a couple of other smaller jewelers that have the citizen stuff the seiko stuff um and, I th- and then i think i think i walked into a uh, might have been a macy's or something like that okay and they have you know they have Bulova, they also have citizen and seiko but i walked over here let me just send you the uh, the link oh okay you'll, you'll get see. to see what happened um I walked over. <gasps> okay, I'm listening. <laughs> I, I walked over, and I took a look at the uh, the Tissot case. Oh yes. Uh, and I had noticed that they had the entire, minus the gold, they had the entire set of the new 35 millimeter Powermatic 80 PRX models. Um, and I was like, holy crap! I have to try these because on our site I got to review the 40 mm-hmm. uh, the 40 millimeter PRX I think it was the quartz one and that thing I said it in the review the lug to lug is actually more like 51 or something because of the nature of the end links and the integrated bracelet you know we love to romanticize these watches like the Nautilus and the Royal Oak but really you should try one on in person because a lot of times they wear bigger than than the specs would suggest. Right. That's what happened. That's what happened with the 40 millimeter. Tissot came out with these 35s. They used to be quartz only, like the original Tissot Sea Star. Um, and they put the Powermatic 80, which is this kind of like. Uh, I love that movement, by the way. Yeah, it's really a, a. I think it's really a 2824 with a lower beat rate to get the 80 hours of power reserve. It, it, it is a Tissot branded ETA C07.111, which is itself based on the ETA 2824. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the guy the guy that was helping me out, he was just, he was so nice. And he took it out and I tried it on. The one specifically that I got was the ice blue or glacier blue. I fucking with, love this. Yeah, with the waffle, the waffle pattern dial. Yes. Um, and 
I went through I went through a moment where I tried it on and I thought, oh wow, that's so cool. And then I handed it back to him. And then he was talking to me. He was he was talking and talking and talking, but I couldn't hear the words coming out of his mouth. I was just staring just at, the watch. at the watch. I was staring <laughs> at the watch in his hands, and I kind of stopped him and I just said, Oh, like give give it back to me. Can I see so that I, again? <laughs> And that's only happened to me one other time. Wow. I did that with another watch. Uh, it was the Heritage 300 Seamaster, the last time I saw it in New, oh, New York. Yes. You know, the guys, you hand it back to the dude, and he's giving you some sp- spiel, and I like, said, wait, wait, just give it back to me. Can, 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 can I touch it one more time? One more time. <laughs> so I left, got my boba tea. I didn't really do that. but um, So you bought it? You bought it on the spot? Well, I left... I thought about it and then I came back and I just said, all right, man, let's pack it up. Yes. Uh, and it's, um, you know, it was, it, it wasn't too bad because I sold something and basically just got this. Uh, and <clears throat> I didn't, I don't think the price is too bad on these. It's six, six ninety five new, mm-hmm. um, from Tissot. And this one specifically, the blue one is tough to get. I was surprised because I was actually, I was at a Ben Bridge earlier this week, and they had the 35s, but they didn't have this uh, this specific dial color, which is, I think anything that looks moderately Tiffany blue gets kind of hyped for a while, <laughs> like those, um, what were they, the Christopher Ward, what's it called again? The Christopher Ward 20-something? The 11s? 11s? Is that is what that it is? was? Yeah, the 12, or the 12, the 12. The 12. The 12. There you go. Uh, we got their impactful, impactful branding. <laughs> um, yeah, they, so they I, named I would, their collection a number. Yeah, there's lots of numbers. There's lot. <laughs> I think a teacher told me that once. <laughs> um, but this, it was too, it was too hard to pass up. And I just, I love the way it wears the 35. If you ever pick one up in person, you just immediately you think to yourself. Oh, this is this is way too small. Because I was wearing the Doxa at the time, and uh, you know, I just thought, oh, this is this is really nice, but it's not going to work. Mm. But when you size it and you just keep it on, it really wears like a thirty-six. Because with the end links and the integrated bracelet on this one, the lug to lug is closer to, um, I think, forty-five. Oh, okay, Some, that's something like forty-five. It's very comfortable. Anything close um, to that 46, 47 mark for me is pretty comfortable. Yeah. And it's just the blue, um, the ice blue is not obnoxious. They make another, they make another finish uh, that's, it's more of a green, maybe like an aqua color. And that's, that gets a little too close to the whole Tiffany blue sort of, sort of deal. This, this glacier blue, I think they call it is way more subtle and, I don't know, man. It's just, it's really cool. I hope I don't break it. <laughs> I was, well, I was going to ask you a big question. Is it broken? It's not broken. It's already great. Day two. Right? It's already, it's already, the, it's already the perfect watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I've all, I mean, a while ago I had this love affair with the Royal Oak. Um, I never even really liked the, or I mean, I guess I did kind of like the one that was 40 ish. I think they're 41 now, but uh, I always thought this, the 37 millimeter one that they made was really cool. Uh, obviously not going to get something like that, but I do like that this PRX in this case size actually does have some history for the brand. Like I said, this 35 millimeter case is 
almost exactly what they used for the quartz sea stars. I think they were, I think they were seventies or eighties watches. I can't remember, mm. but um, I, I talk about it in in the review for the forty millimeter that I did. So it's nice to have that little bit of history that the brand does have some experience putting stuff out with this case size, and they refreshed it for, you know the modern era with these cool dial colors and i really i love the pattern the the waffle pattern it's pretty cool yeah i i was i i was toying with the idea of getting the 35s when they first came out only in quartz but they're these kind of flat plain sunburst dials yes. you know yeah uh so i like that these came out a little more interesting again i don't know much about the powermatic 80 uh people people went really wild when these came out with the automatic movement um so yeah i don't know i just i love really the enjoying fact it that so this, far this thing is 35 millimeters and it's just a scotch under 11 millimeters thick the website has it as 10.9 millimeters thick yeah in terms of yeah. the wearing experience on paper being 35 millimeters but wearing as 36 millimeters do you find the this particular thinness of the watch to be nice and balanced like it doesn't feel top heavy it's very balanced. It's not the watch isn't even heavy at all. Uh, it feels it feels lighter than the quartz forty that I wow weird that I reviewed. I mean it, it, that one just felt like way more metal <laughs> overall. What's the uh, oh I mean, it's a larger watch so you know what's yeah. the what's the bracelet quality feel like? Because like like I said I, I I still I still have it in my mind. I'm looking at like integrated bracelet watches and um for a while i might i might talk about this last episode i can't remember what i talked about on this on this, on this show but my talk about this last episode i had my i've sort of been looking at the citizen soyosas soyusa i can't ever say it. i so, so i'm mm-hmm. sorry I don't, I don't know japanese um <laughs> contrary to the rumors i do not know japanese <laughs> right. um because I, lo- I love the look of the law of the watch love everything but i've read a few uh hands-on experiences where people just say like the bracelet just feels really flimsy or like the bracelets where they saved money because those things are only 300 bucks 150 bucks mm. you know what i mean this watch you, you you said you spent like 690 or so but what's the bracelet quality like on this particular model that you have it's really it's really nice it's pin and collar so i think you know mm. probably they they save <clears throat> they save on that but the it's not like the links feel janky or like tin foily or anything like that it still feels really solid you know nice. i mean you can buy seikos that are 1200 or 1500 and i think the bracelets probably won't be as good as this yeah so. but did but is tso trying to save the ocean like mm, i don't think so <laughs> i'm not too sure well it's like my dad always said burn the ocean or whatever <laughs> Whatever you're supposed to be doing now. Uh, but okay. I'm just, cool. I was just so, I was so upset. Of course. I was so upset that another watch broke and it's like my watch box is getting emptier and emptier because I have to send these things out to get fixed and they're gone for months at a time. So and, and we I should thought, We should let people know the watch that broke is significantly more expensive than yeah. this watch. Yeah. Which is what kind of spurred this idea of our expensive watch is even worth it. So, congrats though. I like this. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I can see this being with you for a long time. I am surprised yeah, I, you got the ice blue though. I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm surprised. Well, I. You got I the the ice blue. Yeah. It's. It was just too. It was too pretty. And it was. Nice. Um. 
you know, I <laughs> I like to put this watch next to the the Doxa, seeing this blue and orange next to each other. That's kind of cool. It, it's it's really it's really fun because I've always wanted a I've always wanted something with an integrated bracelet, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, okay, if it's if it's the only watch you have, it makes sense to get the dark blue or the black or something like that. Right. But you know, I don't see myself even if I had something cool with an integrated bracelet, I probably won't wear it every single day. Um. So. This is just kind of like, you know, one of those fun watches to round out the collection. Uh, so I, yeah. I went with the ice blue and it's just, I think, I think this color goes out of stock on the Tissot site pretty often. Um, hopefully the hype uh, dies down a little bit, but. I just love that you yeah. bought this in a mall with pants on in a store <laughs> from another human. You didn't click yeah. add to cart in your underwear on the toilet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did a part they, of me, a part of me was like, "Oh, how can I find it on Reddit or like, you know, this website or something?" And should I hunt for, I don't know, a different deal? No, I just I dude, wanted it right there. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, and I know I'm gonna sound like an idiot right now, which is saying a lot, honestly, coming from me. I don't really know what's <laughs> happening to people anymore. I don't think. I think people are so used to either getting social interactions on social media or just shopping online i don't think they know how to exist as humans just shopping in person anymore because because my wife and i we were um we were at like home goods and like random places like doing a bunch of like like getting a bunch of like seasonal decor stuff getting ready for the next couple of months and we walked into home goods home goods was not crowded i have to emphasize that uh, for people who don't know what Home Goods is, Home Goods it's like a random tchotchke decoration store. Um, it's like if the worst bazaar ever was in a brick and mortar building, and it had a bunch of stuff that you didn't really need until you realized you saw it, and then you just bought it. But then you take it home and you wonder why you bought this stuff because it's like it's like a nutcracker in the shape of like I don't know. Ponce de Leon or something like something random like why the fuck why why did I think this was a good idea in a nutshell that's what home goods is yeah um that's the best the best description you're gonna pull out of me like on the on the fly but uh we were in there home goods was not crowded but the people that were in there the people that were shopping in there were so inefficient at just existing in the same space as other people like my wife and I were there we were looking at table runners and it was me and I was holding a stroller with the baby in it, and it was her. And she, we, she, she and I were having a conversation about the table runner. And this person, she was probably in her, like, 40s or 50s. She just came and, like, pushed me and the stroller to the side and just grabbed a table runner and turned around and yelled at her, I don't know, friend or husband or partner. It was just like, it was like oh, look at this one. And then she just, like, walked away. And I was like, <laughs> what? What the fuck just happened? Like... I felt like I was in a building full of NPCs, honestly. Yeah, I think I I might have even experienced stuff like that in that same store, Home Goods. I don't um, get it, man. Home Goods, dude. Don't go to Home Goods. The guy I bought it from was very nice. That's uh, good. Uh, Lewis is was his name. There you um, go. Did he did 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 he bust out the warranty card from the box and fill it out for you? He was. <laughs> He was so he was so into making the purchase eventful, uh, even though it was you know not really the most expensive watch in the world. After sizing it for me and everything, I kind of just I 
with the bracelet closed, I shoved the pillow into it and I just like jabbed it in there and I threw the receipt in the box <laughs> with with the, the little Ziploc bag with the links. And I, I was like, oh, I'll close everything up. And he said, no, 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 uh, let's let's do this. And he pulled it out. He opened the bracelet. He properly closed it with the pillow. <laughs> he took the receipt. He says, oh, you can put this in this part of the box with this and you never have to take it out. And the card That's goes on so top. sweet. And he, he like he handed it to me and I thought, oh, OK, I, I had to I had to kind of, uh, you know, just stop and think, hey, slow down, you know, uh, and he that was a nice reminder on 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 his part. So um, that's so cool. Yeah, it was cool. I, I, I like those. I like those positive interactions. I when I still when I go to the bank, I try not to use ATMs. I still try to walk in because it feels I don't know the last time you walked into a bank. It's it's like a desert wasteland. It does <laughs> watch, feel it, nobody. It, it feels like all banks cease to exist in our timeline in 1994. Yeah. Like every time I walk into a bank, it feels like I walk back in time and everyone in the bank knows it and they can't do anything about it. Yeah. So I, I try to go in and talk to the person on the other side of the. Uh, yeah, of course. The plastic thing. Um, so that was nice, but yeah, overall very happy with the, uh, the purchase. I thought, you know, you know, what's crazy. This thing has a hundred meters of water resistance. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. <laughs> you don't need that. Yeah. No, first of all, don't, don't dive with this watch, but that's, that's I thought it was 30 for some reason. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was pretty cool. Cause he, uh, he asked me, he looked at the docs, uh, and he didn't know anything about it. He's just like, Oh, it looks like an automatic watch. You don't have to, Correct. you know, someone with very, rudimentary knowledge and that's fine um you know he's like how how deep can you go with that and i said oh i think this is something like 300 meters or whatever mm-hmm. and he said oh he, i think he said what you said 30 or something for for this and i was surprised to see 100 meters so yes. glycine take note um <laughs> for the airman <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's something so interesting you I feel like, especially in the watch community and in a lot of other, uh, like niche neckbeardy communities, like there's this, there's this idea of a punishing a lack of knowledge. To, like, in regards to this guy, most neckbeards would have been like, huh, "This guy doesn't even know I'm wearing a doxa." Fuck. Yeah fuck him you know what i mean like like not like you like people have like a weird level of aggression sometimes when people just don't automatically know what they know i don't really understand that and it's the the other really interesting idea of you don't have to be as a salesperson or uh in some sort of transaction like this you don't have to be a mega neckbeard to give someone you're buying or you're, you're selling to a nice experience that guy gave you a very nice experience yeah yeah really? even with even with sizing the the bracelet he said so you know, cool. he did give that me you. you know he's like give me 20 minutes because i just want to get in the zone and make sure i don't scratch anything and they probably at a macy's or whatever they give them the crappiest kit to resize something <laughs> with and he was just very very careful and methodical and yeah it was nice i'm glad it was his last sale of the day so nice. you know gave him something positive to end his day with but um this thing is just fun and i'm glad that uh you know <laughs> as my watches are breaking left and right i can enjoy something uh I'm, something new i'm so inspired by this story i would i would rather 
care enough to want to be helpful than know more than someone else. Does yeah. That, does that make sense? I wasn't bugged. I wasn't bugged. I'm like, oh, it must be kind of nice to just, you know, sell people citizens and sakers all day. And Fuck yeah, you're, you're not really aware of all this crazy watch knowledge. Yeah. And you're not emotionally folks, distraught at the retail prices of Rolexes, which actually does not affect your personal life at all. No, but you no, think that doesn't. with how some people act, it does. Yeah. Like the ghost of Rolex pass came and pissed in my cereal this morning. That's what happened. <laughs> To retail prices is like really did the ghost of Rolex pass come and piss in your cereal? That's that's intense, man. Yeah, he says watches, bro. So that's that's huge. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm very happy for you. Fun fact: This was a, the same mall where somebody else at one of the other, uh, you know, jewelry places. They saw my tutor, mm-hmm. and they said, Sweet "Nice to, sew. to nice to sew." Yes. You know? Now I have it to sew, and the tu- and the tutor is broken. There it is. <laughs> tell, tell everyone, yeah, t- tell everyone what happened, Michael. You don't have good luck with tutors. It seems well. Like. the The first one, the first one that I had an issue was the GMT, mm-hmm. uh, and that one had a well documented. Oh, it was the date pro- right problem with the date that a lot of people were experiencing? Um, so I just. You know, when when those stories started started to come out, I thought, okay, it's probably only a matter of time. I looked at the warranty card, thought, okay, it was probably manufactured at this period. It's probably going to happen to me eventually, and it did. Mm. And the fix, I think, was pretty easy. Uh, Tudor probably just, um, you know, they probably just dropped in a new movement, honestly. Uh, and that then it was fine after that. And I sold it, and then the person that I sold it to uh, never had an issue. And I think he sold it again, and that person doesn't have an issue. Okay, so it um, got fixed. This thing, I can't explain it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what happened. Okay, and you're talking about now. Now you're talking about the Black Bay 58. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about the Black Bay 58, the Navy, which I I talked about in the last episode, and I was just gushing. I I think I was talking <laughs> about how the new ones don't really interest me. I saw a Pelagos 39 recently, mm-hmm. you know, which people are going nuts over. I yeah. thought, eh, it's okay. It's not the 58. It's no Black um, Bay 58. They, there's the 54 now, which I thought, oh, yeah, I guess it's okay. I, I think I, I think the 58 is really a perfect watch. Um, and as time goes on, it's going to turn into those, the old Tudor subs from the 80s and 90s that everybody ignored as the cheap Rolex, you know, brother watch or whatever. Right. And now, you know, everyone's nuts over them. Those vintage tutors. I think the 58, the the regular old 58 is going to be the same thing probably as Tudor continues to come out with 40 different Pelagos models and the 54 and the GMT and all this kind of stuff. So I, yeah, I, I really started to bond with that watch. I got a cool adapt NATO strap to wear on it. And I thought it was just such a cool, perfect fit. Um, I didn't take the watch shooting. I didn't take the watch hiking or climbing or anything like that. You didn't find yourself in any John Wick. I'm just trying to live my life scenarios while wearing nope. the watch. No, okay. I wasn't wasn't robbing the Temple of Doom. <laughs> Nothing. Let me tell you what I did. All right. <clears throat> I fell asleep wearing the watch, and I woke up, and it was not working. It was stuck. It was stuck at nine thirty. 
Are I think I went to me, bed at nine or something. Are you telling me it's not sleep rated? What's the sleep rating? <laughs> it's not sleep rated. Damn That's it. the most the most dangerous thing I could do with that watch. Don't change the date between this time and this time. Like spooky. No, don't don't fall asleep with this watch on. I guess. Uh, and I can't I can't explain it I can't explain it it doesn't I shake it you know I shake it I can hear the rotor moving Uh, I don't want to try winding it too much um, but I can unscrew the crown I can move the hands and everything but for the life of me I can't get it to I can't get it to work when you did try winding you said it was very crunchy right a little crunchy I mean the 58 this 58 was didn't all, didn't always have the smoothest winding. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe that means there was some kind of underlying issue the whole time. Um, I don't know. But I didn't think much of I didn't think much of it. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes winding watches they they all feel a little bit different when you do that. Uh, this PRX is very smooth, by the way. The winding because because it's, um, it's an Etta. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You buy so. what's reliable. <laughs> I I can't. It, it's the strangest the strangest issue I've had with a watch ever. Um, I thought, th- I thought the issue I had with the Speedmaster was kind of weird. Um, I mean that watch, <laughs> yeah, that watch I'd be working at a desk. I'd look down and it's, I don't know, 40 minutes behind because Why it just stopped. So many watches breaking <laughs> dude. So the, the Omega was an issue. Um, I have an IWC out for repair right now <laughs> because the chronograph, minute counter stops at nine and then it just stops it doesn't it doesn't the the seconds hand will keep going around for the chronograph <laughs> but the minute totalizer will never will never advance past nine so that that's out with iwc now they they got back to the ad and then the ad told me oh they can't figure out what's wrong with it and i'm like i basically told them to take it apart again you know take it apart again look again take it apart rebuild it take it apart rebuild it and maybe just, by the grace of God, it'll work. Just when put it gets a new movement in there. Just put, ask, ask to put a new movement in there. <sighs> maybe. I don't know. But I miss that thing. I, I, I like that watch a lot too. That was a gift from my wife. And, you know, these, these are brands that I've romanticized and lusted for for so long. And it's just, I, you know, we, we joked last night about, the topic for the episode and i just said okay broken tutors but really (laughs) this this really makes me think man should i just have you know i i think somebody quoted me in a forum somewhere where i said uh just get a quartz diver and stop buying watches and i think i need to take my advice yeah well, that, that that that's where the that's where the, the the episode topic came from. Are expensive watches even worth it? Yeah, this, and this this can branch off into the whole off the shelf versus in house thing because that's another yeah. relevant discussion. But even there, I mean, I have my Doxa at, on my desk, and this thing was, I think twenty one, twenty one hundred when I bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's an Eta in here. I think they call it the. Yeah, it has it has chronometer paperwork, uh, cosc chronometer stuff with it. So I guess it's a a cosc uh, two eight two four. I don't know. Is this thing gonna do me dirty? It hasn't, thankfully. I've I've never serviced it, but it probably won't. Um, has every uh, watch that's ever broken been an in house movement? Like every watch in your collection has been an in house movement? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> 
That's yeah, that's a good point. The the Omega, the IWC, and the two tutors. Um, you know what's funny? I I think I did try to change the date one time on this Doxa, in in that like danger zone, and I felt I I felt the pressure on the on the disc, and I I thought I broke something, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man. This is it. This is the day that I break this one. This is the big one. But it's fine. It's fine. I just, I manually advanced the hands to to naturally shift the day, and then I got to the sweet spot, and then I put it back, and then it's been fine. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Well, it okay. So the only the only in-house watch, pricey, very very pricey in-house watch that I've had for years that hasn't given me a problem hilariously is the panerai the luminor (laughs) which which is if you don't know why that's hilarious is that panerai as panerai's reputation in regards to their movements has not been the best yeah they're very secretive about what they do well they jumble the crap out of their history yeah first of all like they're just all over the place in the the historical claims that they make you can check out that guy Perez Periscope on Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram, he he documents a lot of that stuff. Um, but they've they've been caught doing, you know, funny business with their movements before, where they call it an in-house development or in-house this and that, and it's still, you know, a unitas or something. Uh, the one that I have, the one that I have was the first run of the base logo collection where they debu- they debuted the base logo collection with in-house movements. Is that the 8-day uh, one? Do you have uh, is that your movement or no? That, 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 no, no, no. Oh, okay. No, this is this is a different one. It's the the cheapest the cheapest one. And I still suspect I suspect that um it's not really as in-house as they say. Right. Uh maybe that's why it hasn't broken. That's probably why it hasn't <laughs> broken. The IWC that that is being serviced now that's all they they call that an in-house movement but i think they just looked at a 7750 and they said okay let's let's make this thing mm-hmm. so i don't know I, I don't know how in-house that one is either but yeah it's it's a pain in the ass but what's funny is none of your like let's let's look at your mako gen 1 it's not running great but it runs it's not running great, but it runs. That's yeah. in, that's actually that's actually an in-house movement. That's true. That's that a is, good point. That is an in-house movement. It's based off of um, it's very loosely and historically based off the Seiko uh, uh seven. What is it? Seven thousand two. Yes, I believe it's based off that or the generation before that, and the seventies or the eighties. Orient purchased licensing rights to produce those movements. Um, Interesting. From Seiko, it's one of those. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck it up and get an angry email. But like, it's based off of a Seiko movement, essentially. Mm. Um, it's also time for your local PSA. Orient is not owned by Seiko. That that thing honestly probably just needs to be, you needs know, service cleaned, lubed. Yeah, slapped. which will yeah. hilariously be more than the cost of the watch. <laughs> 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 if I ever decide to do that, I don't know. But let's, right. let's break it down. Our expensive watch is worth it. I think there's two particular things in there to unpack. What is an expensive watch? Yeah. That's the first one. And the second thing, what is worth it? What does that mean? 
our expensive well, watch is worth it. <clears throat> well, I mean, the watch that I'm wearing now is probably, you know, yeah, it, it is an expensive watch mm-hmm. for, I think, in most people's eyes. You, you tell them, like, oh, this thing's six ninety five. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's probably crazy for Lewis, who helped me out, which is maybe that's why he was so uh, ritualistic with everything and careful. And I appreciate that. You can't contextualize the cost of something in the niche you're knowledgeable about because your perspective is automatically fucked up. You have to you have to contextualize everything before you got into the niche. I remember sweating bullets out of fear for being so financially irresponsible paying $75 for my first Seiko SNK. Cuz that was a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So like 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 that to me I think can kind of at least from my personal experience, I'll contextualize it to that. Like, yeah, six six ninety or seven hundred bucks. <clears throat> yes, that's a lot of money. And I can say the same about buying the Mako ten yeah. years ago. Because it was it was probably what one fifty or one thirty or two hundred maybe. No, I think it, I think it might have been between one twenty and one thirty. Yeah. But yeah, that that was one of those things where I had to I had to read every forum post mm-hmm. about the SKX versus the Mako and make sure that, you know, this is one of those things that's, that's worth, you know, <laughs> I was, I was even wondering, am I going to know how to operate it? Mm. How do, what do I do with an automatic watch? Yeah. Like, you know, how do you, how does it, how does it work? Um, but yeah, that, that was, that's a, a good mindset to get into. Um, yeah, I, th- I think anything, anything in that high, 70 80 range and when you break 100 bucks that's you know it feels silly expensive. like you and i saying that like oh over 100 bucks is expensive when like literally i'm sitting in a room with a grand seiko with and- a grand seiko and this fucking manta and this omega yeah. and it, it, like like it, <laughs> you know what i'm saying but like i think it's also very helpful to keep it real i i i don't know what the dollar threshold is for quote unquote expensive um, maybe it's like that. I think it was either it was either it was either like a, I can't I can't remember if it was a Supreme Court judge or what. But there's a quote, and someone's gonna know. Um, I can't tell you what pornography is, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That maybe was, that's how uh, we can. Do, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know the quote? Yeah, I know. I know the quote. Um, that's a good point. Maybe this is just the podcast coming full circle. And this is this is the punishment that I get, uh, you know, because we we started off with, you know, SKXs and SNKs and Orient Makos and, you know, we'll get something nice. You'll get your Grand Seiko. I'll, I'll get the Doxa and other things. And you get those jokes. Oh, the not so broke watch snob. Um, <laughs> hey, maybe maybe we just got to I'm, I'm really I'm asking the world. I, I think I need to. I don't know. Just. Maybe hopefully get these things fixed and never spend more than than a, a certain threshold. I think if there's any, I think if there's any sort of perspective to circle back on, especially in the conversation about expensive watches. And again, I know I'm saying this with amazing irony in regards to the fact that my Grand Seiko is an in-house movement, but like, I think there's a certain spot where you should just avoid in-house movements, unless you know you can trace it back to like. Um, Okay, so someone can probably make the argument very, very loosely that your Tissot is an in-house movement. It might be an in-house branded movement, 
But if you trace the history of that movement back far enough, it is based on an ETA 2A24. Yeah, I, I also, this just came to mind. I wonder, I wonder if we're living in a very, uh, very isolated but historically significant period hmm. of in-house movements. So, I don't know. The watch, the watch thing really blew up and went more mainstream. What, maybe starting twenty twelve ish you know blogs started coming up podcasts started coming up um and when 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 displays of wealth became like really powerful on social media i think a segment of that kind of ended up being in watches as well yeah yeah that's a good point and uh you know when you think of tudor they made their they were not sold in the states Mm -hmm. um until i think uh maybe 2012 or something Um, or they were gone for a while and they came back early 2010s or something like that. And they came back with ETA movements and everybody was still just crazy about them. Um, Maybe, maybe some of these brands that are trying to push for the whole in-house thing are, maybe they're just not all that experienced in doing that yet. Uh, Because the pilot early adopters. Yeah, we're we're early. I'm an early adopter of uh, a very new Panerai in-house movement. Same thing with the IWC. Um, same thing with the Tudor. I I don't know. Maybe these brands are just still figuring all of that out. You know, it's not like it's not like JLC or Vacheron who I mean, right? You know, or Zenith or something like that who have a history of making movements in house and even providing those to other mm-hmm. to other brands like Zenith made chronograph movements for Rolex. Yeah. Uh, Rolex made some movements for Panerai. Um, so I don't know, maybe maybe uh, I'm adopting these in-house movements a little bit too early and that's why I'm having this issue but still like man, you got to think crap you <laughs> you spend a lot on these things and you got to wonder. You spend several thousand dollars on something yeah. It breaks. Yeah. And that IWC, I got it, you know, I got it really discounted mm-hmm. because I, I got, I got, I told the, you know, I told the guy, I said, Hey, you know, this thing came out 2018. It's pretty old. How about a, how about a discount? He's like, yeah, that's a good point. You know, but I bought it from an AD It's brand new. I didn't, you know, I feel like you did the, the watch equivalent of circling the car and kicking the tires and be like, I don't know. That's exactly what I did. You know, that's exactly what I did. And I think, yeah. I think that thing was sitting next to, uh, an older generation pilot chrono, mm. which has just has the 7750 in it. You know, they, the IWC for a while had the alongside in the catalog, they had in-house and non-in-house. I should have just gotten that thing. Um, or a Zin or something. Here's here's something interesting that just popped into my head. What if this is potentially an argument for some folks out there who say something like a Rolex Submariner is all you need. Like that's an expensive watch. <clears throat> it's technically an in-house movement. It's a, it's a historical in-house movement. But my understanding is. For the most part, I've never heard anyone complain about movement issues on a Submariner. Oh, yeah. No, I, I even, think... I even think, new ones. You know what I'm saying? I think that might be a very true statement. 
And I think you can say the same thing about certain watches. Um, you know, I, I've been on the Omega subreddit, Mm -hmm. um, recently and are you, are, 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 are you the new mod over there? Are you the new mod? I'm not the new mod. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have an Omega anymore. Um, <laughs> but so, somebody somebody called out that the I think your generation of Seamaster, mm -hmm. like those are just those are just starting to go in for service mm. recently, and it, it's a testament to how durable that generation was and. You know both the automatics and the quartz. Yeah. Um, you know I think some brands, you probably just don't have a lot of issues. The caliber three thousand in the, in the no date one forty sixty sub is probably, that can, that can run for someone's entire life and they'll never service. I mean my grandfather's date just he, you know he told me he he had had it for. 20 something years he's like oh you have to service these things like, yeah dude <laughs> he's just like oh it's a cool watch <laughs> so good <laughs> so i i think that can be a true statement um but i but, think what comes with that is um because i think this is what people wrestle with all the time yes i can go and get a rolex submariner but is that fun is there like a cost-benefit trade-off analysis between buying a watch that you think would be fun to wear versus one you think would be reliable? Because I'm assuming you went for the Black Bay 58 not on the pedigree of its movement credentials, but because you thought it was just all around a fun watch or at least a very good interpretation of this watch that it was trying to evoke originally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got the, I got the 58 because I like... I almost... I've almost come to enjoy the Tudor history a little bit more than the mm. Rolex history in a lot of ways. Ooh, send your hate mail to tbws.contact <laughs> at yeah. gmail.com. I don't think they're, I, I don't think they're better watches. Uh, I, on paper, the Rolexes are clearly better watches. <clears throat> I think <clears throat> there you go. Even more hate mail. That's a new batch, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, I got I got that watch because I, I I just like the history a little bit more, and you know I I got it earlier this year, and I wore it a lot, and then I didn't wear it a lot, and mm. then I thought I fought, oh, is it better on a bracelet? Is it better on a strap? And then I just I kind of found this comfy spot with the watch to where I, I was wearing it a lot, and I I felt I had that moment where I felt, oh, you could be here for. As long as the the Luminor, as long as the Doxa, yeah, um, you know, and just right at that moment, and then it broke your heart. <laughs> I fell asleep and I woke up and it was broken. That's just that's so bizarre because you you hear you hear stories of people breaking their watch. I was I was on a sailing boat race where I was, <laughs> you know, firing my AR fifteen and it just the crystal popped off. No, I fell asleep. You fell asleep. I love, and you can tell me this is accurate. The way you're describing this scenario, it sounds like you just fell asleep on the couch at like 3 p.m. I watched the movie on Pure Flix, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> it wasn't even an action movie. It was a low-budget, you know, rom-com. <laughs> I fell asleep on the couch watching The Something About Mary, and then I woke up, and my fucking watch was broken. <laughs> All right. It's just... And it's I and I realized in the middle of the night because I woke up in the middle of the night and I, you know, I 
sometimes I wear the watch to sleep. Sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. I I do like to. I would rather look up at my wrist than pick up my phone and have the, like all this bright light washing into my face yeah, to, to know the time. That. And I kind of saw the silhouette stuck at nine thirty, and I thought, when did I? What? How am I waking? What's going on? And then I went into the bathroom and I just saw that it was stuck there. And I was so tired, but also mad. And I thought, I'll, I'll deal with you tomorrow morning. But also not surprised. I was not surprised enough to where I just went back to sleep. <laughs> Do you think, and I'm, 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 I'm veering us off track here. So I am, I am, I apologize now. Okay, this is we don't have bosses. Do you, <laughs> oh God, you're right. <laughs> Do you think there's a small segment of people listening at home who are conspiracy theorizing that the watch broke at the exact moment you were abducted? Because that happens. People who have been abducted talk about that, and they'll go and they'll see like, oh my wa- my watch died at eight fifteen. You know what I mean? I mean, you know me. I am loyal to the foil. I uh, <laughs> I love conspiracy theories. I'm so. just putting I'm just putting that out there because <laughs> I can't think of any reason why your watch would have broken while you fell asleep while watching a film. Maybe something happened. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. But it, it's um, you know what's actually really funny. I'm going to use my Grand Seiko as another sort of uh, uh, example here. I have a Grand Seiko Quartz. It is the SBGV233. It is a JDM 9F Quartz model. What I've always really enjoyed about the in-house calibers from Grand Seiko, and this is across the whole spectrum from spring drive, mechanical to Quartz, um, there's a certain level of pride and reverence that they exude in regards to their movements that gets you really excited. Like this, this, this nine F quartz movement, I fucking love it. You know, they grow their own quartz crystals. All the components are sealed in oil, so they're technically self-lubricating. I don't need to really uh, get this thing serviced a ton. There are counteracting step motors that reduce the bounce of the second hand, so you don't get that weird bouncing. Act. You know what I mean? There's a certain level of like, let me show you what's. Let me take my shirt off for you and show you everything. Because of how cool this is, I don't. I does Tudor do any of that with their in-house <clears throat> movements? Is there anything? You know what I'm saying? Is there anything cool? Like I, that adds. I think I think Tudor in that regard doesn't necessarily have to because they get to rest on a lot of that Rolex history, and then and Rolex does that. So, but I I, I get what you're saying and. Um, you know, Seiko's Seiko again is one of those brands that historically is fine. Like they have yeah. a ton of experience with in-house movements, um, like, just as much as Rolex. Yeah, but I feel like resting on history. If resting on history doesn't count if your watches keep breaking. Yeah, and and this is. I mean, I I've tried to research it a little bit. I haven't had a lot of time. I just had a really busy week, but I f- I feel like I have. I've found threads uh, on different forums and stuff where. You know, the title is just, you know, Black Bay stopped running. Uh, you know, watch doesn't tick or, or whatever. And it's, wow. It's a bummer, dude. Um, no brand is perfect. I, I've no, seen... No, 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 of course not. I've, I've seen bad stuff come out of Rolex. I mean, QC is 
is never going to be perfect, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're making a, a million watches a year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I another watch I've been thinking about lately is uh, a straight straight from the brand uh, SBS Quartz Diver. Oh, I, yes. I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of CWCs at once. Um, I don't anymore. They they just restocked those, and that's that's another great watch. Where it's I think I think there's some Ronda in there, and you know Ronda's never done me dirty. No, I've never had any. What, what's 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 funny is I think people end up wanting to do. I think people end up feeling okay spending almost sometimes more for in house because they think. Oh, it's something that's not just off the shelf and mass produced. It's going to be nicer. Actually, the opposite is usually true. Yeah, and so many people have had these discussions in recent years, probably because these brands are just starting to dip their toes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that discussion's over. I think, I think probably in most cases, it's not worth it. No. Um, maybe I knew that in my heart for a while, but. <laughs> Because I, I did always I did always dread the day like oh the day where I have to <clears throat> send the the IWC or the uh, or the Luminor or something I, I you know the Luminor I I think when I bought it the guy told me he's like oh send it in in two years you know that's the first service like <laughs> I'm not gonna do that um, I don't feel that dread with the Doxa I can right. you know there's there's people that we know personally that could probably service that thing really well yep um so yeah i don't don't know what i'm gonna do i don't know it's it's making me really rethink my focus i feel bad because uh you know part of me is thinking oh when the iwc comes back just you know package it up with the with the factory service papers and everything that comes with it and sell the damn thing but you know that was a gift from my wife um so I would I would like to enjoy it. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, I I think it's also worth revisiting. Uh, either you and I talked about this, or I talked about this with Brodinky and Schmidt on the Wrist Cheese podcast, or I've t- I I might have also talked to everyone about this. But when you talk about expensive watches in this context, we're also talking about a segment of watches that we would constitute as luxury watches. Your Panerai is. Uh, a luxury watch your iwc yeah. i would argue is a luxury watch all of your tutors have been luxury watches and, yeah. I, and traditionally the idea of luxury has always been something like oh it's exclusive oh there's some sort of brand history behind it but i heard a really interesting definition of luxury recently that's been kind of sticking with me i think it's almost a more modern definition of luxury this concept of luxury is paying something more for convenience or for simplicity so it's the idea of luxury being something that you don't have to fuss over like i'm paying for the luxury of not having to really worry like about this thing and so that might be worth thinking about just when we think about watch purchases you know what i mean like what what can tick the box of being a reliable movement but still something in a design sense that's fun and fresh, but that also isn't fussy. You don't have to baby or really worry about or anything like that. Well, none of this is convenient. 
none, nothing. And I don't know. I would, I would, I would argue my, my. I'm sorry, I keep talking. My Grand Seiko is quite convenient. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, that's that's a family of of, you know, that's that's a brand that has yeah longer history doing in house than somebody like Tudor yeah. or I do or I do In the same vein, my uh, my orange Christmas Chrono is very convenient. Literally, mm-hmm. I don't have to baby that thing. I paid, I think, 250 bucks for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I do think that we should be, we should start staying away from in-house movements. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'd be cool to, I don't know. Can you ask Tudor to put an Etta in your Black Bay 58? I was thinking about that, but they're too, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I wasn't thinking about asking them because they'll tell me to piss off, but, um, uh, I, I was wondering, oh, can you fit? I, I don't think you can because I think the profile, the case shape of the 58 was so slim that they had to slim down one of their movements just to get it in there. Oh. So it's probably the case is made very specifically, I think, for that movement. Uh, yeah, that that wouldn't that wouldn't work. But I don't know. That? Oh, sorry. I don't know. Maybe I got to find just another uh ETA Tudor or like a two liner Pelagos or something like that. <laughs> when those Black Bays first came out they were they were out of movements. Yeah, but they were big. They were They're big. Yeah. yeah. I don't know <sighs> I don't I don't know where this leaves you. Or you have the option, in my opinion, of just closing the door on all of this and buying yourself a ceramic seamaster with the coax movement. And just being done with it. I don't know, man. That thing's Yeah, they are they are pretty sweet. Even even the new Speedmasters are pretty pretty dang cool with the thirty eight sixty one. Uh you can hack them. Ooh. I just found that out the other day. But um it's 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 tough. Maybe maybe in house you we we make fun of people that that consider things or or when brands say we we have a long and storied history of doing this and this and this. <laughs> I guess maybe it matters. It um, might it might matter. There there is something to say about brand legacy, you know, or at least um, because that's the whole that's the whole and and this is this is the this is the segment of, of watches that kind of gets into the more sort of historical luxury ish where there is something to say about a brand that's been doing something for you know a hundred years, two hundred years, three hundred yeah. years in some brands cases even if all the people are different and even if they've been bought and sold a few times like the concept of that dna i do think is still there that's not always the case there are some brands that are in a particular ownership structure which is 1000 percent removed from their original d like dna like panerai <laughs> I mean, you could say Panerai. I was gonna yeah. say something like Waltham, <laughs> honestly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Smiths. Like those are those yeah. are brands with history, but now they're in an ownership structure which uh, doesn't. The DNA is not really there anymore. You know. Maybe I should finally get a JLC. Well, All the Reverso people are like, "Oh, you made fun of the Reverso." Should have no. gotten one. <laughs> if, if we're going for, if we're reaching for the stars, I, I, I would really prefer for you to get a Vacheron overseas model. Oh my gosh! I mean, if we're going, if we're going for it, let's go for it. <clears throat> I love that watch. 
Yeah, I love that watch too, especially the GMT. Have you but, uh, in that yeah. same vein? Have you seen these new Frederic Constant? Um, I hate the name. These High Lifes or whatever they're called. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think, I think of the beer every time. Yes, it's which does not help their brand image at all whatsoever. I feel like you know what I mean. I don't. I I know some new ones came out. I think the collection's been around for a bit. But what did they come out with? It some integrated bracelet model. Yes. Oh, did they? Yeah. Now let me look at these. They're cool looking. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like these. Looks nice to sew. Um. <laughs> so sweet to sew, Frederick Constant. Good old Freddie C from the block. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these these look pretty good. I I like that dial pattern. That's mm-hmm. that's nice. <clears throat> but, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I do think. I think to your point, there might be something to be said about a brand who's getting into in-house movements and maybe looking at their history or at least the DNA of that brand. So I think a lot of it also is going to come down to how your particular situation is remedied. It sounds like with your IWC, it's a bit of a headache, which it shouldn't be. Because again, luxury, we're paying for luxury, we're paying for convenience. If your luxury item breaks... You just need to send it, and they'll take care of it, no questions asked, in concept. But yeah, yeah, but it'll take forever. I, that thing, I sent it out in, dude, I think I sent it out end of June. It's October dude, now. No way. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> I, but that I, happens. That happens, you know? No, that's crazy, dude. Screw that. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be uh, a little more methodical and... I'm probably going to look more into maybe, maybe more into stuff like this to sew that is, yeah, it's, it's, it's all swatch family stuff at the end. And it's, uh, you know, modified, but it's, is it in house? Is it not? I, I, I guess I don't really care about that, that point, that no. marketing point anymore. I just really don't. Well, Cause we've talked <laughs> about it on air. A lot of people conflate the, intricate story or intricate conception process of your watch as being conflated with your uniqueness as a person i'm not an off-the-shelf person yeah i'm a unique in-house movement like you know you're fucking not everyone it doesn't matter everyone's stupid just by just by just by what makes you smile because i feel like people have to try to project what they want in themselves through a watch purchase and i might be doing a very unfair reduction of the mental gymnastics that are occurring, but I'm guilty of it. I've done that before. I've been like, oh, I can't, I can't just buy that. It's a fucking Rhonda. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> now I'm gonna look for Rondas. Now, now I'm gonna hunt that shit down because I'm a Rhonda man. You know what I yeah, mean? But I, I, th- I think I, that can be true. I think that can be true again for some brands. JLC, uh, you know, Rolex, Seiko, Orient. Mm. Ugh. Oh my god. What'd you find? I, I was just on the on the JLC website and they have something under their news. It says Lenny Kravitz, new global ambassador. What a Is random Lenny person. Kravitz still relevant? I guess so. He's really good at guitar. He's certainly but... a guitar player. I mean, let me see. Where is it on the JLC site? Here, I'll send you I'll send you his his dedicated page. 
who cares about Lenny Kravitz this much? He's a cool guy. He is very cool. He's got, he's got, he's oozing cool. I'm not going to say he's not. Yeah, look at that. The new global ambassador. Okay. Good for you, Lenny. Sorry. Just something that popped up. I well, no, I'm just glad. I'm just glad it didn't turn into another Natalie Portman, Jennifer Lawrence situation because that was yeah. amazing. I now know who those people are. Those are actually two amazingly different human beings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an opening to the episode that was! That was funny. Oh yeah, here he is. Here he's playing guitar, looking <laughs> disinterested. Man, this is was, easy. Wish I, <laughs> I wish that was Lenny Kravitz. Cool. Apparently, huh? Okay. Don't get a JLC. I, I like, I mean. Kind of Vacheron. Dude, I can't spend that money on, on either of those. <laughs> um, How happy are you with your Tiso? Honestly, do you see it as, uh, and I'm speaking crudely, is it just a rebound watch or is it like, does it give you a fuzzy feeling? It's pure retail therapy. Sure. <laughs> pure retail therapy. And the, uh, the, um, I, I guess I just wanted another story. You know, I, I like, I like having those stories. I love my Panerai purchase story, even mm. though it's fiscally such an irresponsible thing to do. <laughs> like you can get them gray market for so much less, but I always have that story. But you love that um, watch and you love that story. I love that watch. That watch still hasn't done me dirty. <laughs> hey, maybe Panerai. Panerai will have that long and storied history of making in-house <laughs> movements or a long and storied history of deceiving you into thinking there's Maybe you're going to be movements. on Antiques Roadshow in 50 years and be like, well, I was in, I was in Firenze with my wife and we stumbled into a small little washmaker shop. And I don't I have, I have no idea why you have this accent now. You're from Miami. <laughs> We started some watch make a shop and we bought this here watch because it looked interesting. And the the appraisers were like, Well, that's interesting. You have an early generation in house movement Panerai. This has a market valuation now of a million dollars. And you'd be like, Whoa, I've been wearing it to bar mitzvahs. Like what like what if what if that's what if that's gonna be you in fifty? I lo- I love how also in this scenario you immediately somehow know nothing about watches anymore. <laughs> i've after i've developed i've developed the the accent in my prepper bunker after living in wyoming for you know 40 years (laughs) i lost all knowledge don't have any family anymore i don't know i I might be i might have also been confusing you with foghorn leghorn not (laughs) well not so i said i said i'll walk it into the store i bought me a panorama you know what I mean? Like, uh, I could be foghorn leghorning you. I don't know. Um, or I could man. be doing Charlie Day's impression from Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I could be layering multiple impressions into one it's good. fictitious version of you. That's but, good work. Uh, but yeah, that might be you on Antis Rose Show in 50 years. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I I'm. I think before doing any any of that, I, I might even... I might lean harder into quartz. Okay. Hell yeah. Either leaning harder into quartz or leaning harder into ETA movements or something like that. You could look at if you if you're okay. So there's just there's several quartz routes we can go. We can go off the shelf quartz or we can go over engineered quartz. And your over engineered quartz, you have a couple options. Obviously, you have the Grand Seiko as well. There was that period of time. I don't know if they're doing them anymore. Remember those um super thermal compensated high accuracy quartz movements from Breitling? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the Citizen quartz movements. Those Dude, there hot. were some 
there were some cool citizens at the store yesterday. I took a what? photo. I'll send it. They 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 have these titanium, uh, eco drive chronographs with these barrel cases. I forget what they're called, Ooh. but they flew totally under the radar. Uh, and they're not the the crazy thing about it is that they're not massive dinner plates. That's uh, my issue with uh, eco drive chronograph. Uh, models from the, Citizen. They have the stupidest name. Actually, I want I want the listeners to know. I'm not just gonna send. You yeah, let me see. Let me. Oh come on, man! Learn how to use the internet, dude. <laughs> Talking to myself. It might not be you. If you're are you using Google or using DuckDuckGo? No, I'm using DuckDuckGo. Okay. That then that one gets confused. Okay. Uh, let's see. Filter by. And I can't filter by metal. Are you kidding me? Citizen has a horrible website. Agreed. Citizen. I'm just going to Google Citizen Eco Drive Chronograph and see where fate. It's got a really dumb, dumb name. Well, you took a photo, right? Can you just send me the photo? I can send you the photo. But oh, is it the super titanium armor? It's a super titanium something with a dumb name. They call it, I feel like it's like a, a person's name or something. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the citizen titanium Roberts. Like who the fuck is Roberts? <laughs> it's got that kind of feel to it. Super uh, titanium Richard. Like what? Now I'm just scrolling. I sent you a link. Is that it? Let me see. What is this thing? Mm, this, is great no. this is great airtime, by the way. That's another dumb name. Hey, we haven't done this in a while. We haven't, we haven't used the internet together on. That's air true. Oh, was it this? Was it? Was it? I found one that has an integrated bracelet. Is it this one? This one's interesting. Super titanium chronograph. Dude, what are these names, citizen? Yes, yes. This is it. This is it's, cool looking. It's, it's this one, but they have a they have a limited edition one in white. Uh, basically, this watch with a panda dial, and it's really really rad. What are forty three uh, millimeter <clears throat> case, eleven millimeters thick? Okay, some some dude had a youtube video on it uh i hear a baby i was gonna i was gonna ask if you could hear my son he's fine he's been having a hard time i spelled panda wrong i didn't know i could do that (laughs) oh the bryson it's called the bryson it is a dude's name It's such a dumb name i knew i wasn't wrong to be fair it was a stupid fucking name that is that was worth the three to five minutes of dead air time we just had together. Bryson. B R Y S O N? Uh B R B R Y C E N. That is a Here. ridiculous spelling of the name Bryson. I am sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm not crazy. Oh, I'm this thing is kinda cool actually. It's very cool. It's wow. <laughs> I'm so glad that I was right. <laughs> no, you were right. You, you crushed it. You, you you did it. You're you like, oh, it, you. I I th- I thought I was gonna have another mixing up Natalie Portman, 
Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> moment. It was it was shaping up to be the same kind of moment. <laughs> this thing is really cool, actually. Yeah. So is they had they had those at the store. They didn't have this one. They they have a version uh, with this almost like an oxblood dial and uh, and the um, the blue one that you sent. They had the, those two. The the be- so this is this is interesting. The bezel and the font of the dial remind me. This is almost like a Kronegar version of those. Do you remember those uh, Orient M Force divers? Yeah. Yeah. This reminds me kind of of like a Kronecker version of that, but from Citizen, obviously. That's cool. Yeah, that makes sense. This is cool. This is this is <clears throat> this is badass. I'm. I've. Did it's been a long on? time. It's been no. I didn't try it on. It's been a, it's been a long time since I've been so happy to to find something on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm trying to encapsulate. I'm trying to hold on to the joy. Of rediscovering that this stupid thing is called the Bryson. It's called the, that's the, that's the stupidest fucking name ever. Sorry. Sorry, all the Brysons uh, who listen to this show. Oh, that feels so good. That's, yeah. that's that's my high for the day. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I was looking at a different... There's a different Bryson model that I was looking at. Oh, my God. There's more than one? Yes. So if my description of, of the M4 sounded ridiculous to you, that's why. Because we're looking at a different one. I just looked at your link. That's the Bryson that I was looking at. Oh. Let me look at your Bryson. Oh. We're talking about different things. We're talking about different watches, both of which are named Bryson. Who's Bryson? <laughs> Can we just change the name of this episode to 261? <laughs> Who is Bryson? Actually, please don't. No one will listen to it when they see it show up on their fucking RSS feeds. <laughs> or the two people named Bryson will listen to this episode who watched Maybe. the show so wait what is yeah but that? even if they are bryson they probably don't spell it like this like a like a psychopath would spell it no i imagine <laughs> they spell it like any reasonable person would be spelling it oh you did it this is cool okay this is way cooler than the watch that i found originally <laughs> so what are, we, what, are, what are we gonna take away from from today's discussion <clears throat> i like my to yeah. If it's if it's not a long-term keeper, I'm sure my wife would love it. This, oh, yeah. this is one of those that. one of the, it's one of those shareable watches. Yeah. So um but still I think the PRX for someone like me who's been so infatuated by you know the integrated bracelet sports watch uh for so long, I think this is a cool place to land uh for someone who will probably never have nautilus money or royal oak money anymore because mm-hmm. uh, those things got stupid 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 expensive <laughs> um and i don't know man i just it, it's a mess right now uh i have to figure out because i think i'm gonna honor the warranty from the dealer uh, okay. and the, the dealer is is great um so they can probably facilitate the whole thing I don't know when I'm getting my IWC back. Maybe when the Tudor thing is figured out. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I sell it freshly serviced at the factory. Hmm. And maybe I find a cool old Tudor that has an ETA in it. it, it it'll be expensive. It'll be more than a Black Bay. Yeah, but... they're not cheap now. Let me, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So we're talking about this idea of like our tastes and predilections and perspectives tend to be cyclical 
we say some things, we go back on them, then we return back to them. And kind of going back that this idea of going back to basics. I'm trying to think like what would just be like the watch for you? And I have to ask, do you still have tingly feelings about the IWC big pilot? It's too big. It's so it's, it's just so too big. big. Okay. It's so so big. I get tingly feelings about the forty three. Mm. I saw one this week and it's I did think about <clears throat> I did think about getting the IWC back and thinking, oh, I could swap it out for a simpler model, like the something from the Mark series or, or like that 43. But then it's not the watch that was gifted to me and I'd feel I'd feel bad. That's and I do true. I do like the chronograph. I think it's a really, really cool chronograph. Um, it's just broken. It's just broken. But that's a good point. We uh, you kind of you end up where you start it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes with with this kind of stuff, uh, I have been thinking about Speedmasters a lot recently. Oh, we're back on Speed. I mean, it's it's, I, yeah, it made it make sense. I've been, and I've I of course my first thought is, oh man, it's gonna be your your ten year wedding anniversary next year. If it's a good year, maybe you can just get a fresh thirty eight sixty one. Uh you know, straight from the AD at a, at a good price. Yeah. But also today, today I was thinking, man, what if I just hunt down my old one? It's a caliber 1861, super serviceable, uh, kind of like the ETA of Speedmaster movements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if getting something, you know, master co- coaxial chronometer, this, this, and that is just, I don't know. Is it just more stuff that's going to break? I don't know. Because well, because in my mind we have to focus on what you know you can rely mm-hmm. on. Like what you know is yeah. not going to be finished. Like I want you to have. I know I know it's not a place to tell you what I want you to have, but I want to tell you anyway. I want you to have something that you don't have to baby. That's not finicky, but that's still a little bit luxe. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think in the near future I will probably get. Uh, uh, I will probably get a CWC diver again and i would not be surprised if that eclipses the tutor because i might get the tutor back and be like all right when are you going to betray me again you're dead to me now (laughs) (laughs) you know uh so yeah i'm not i'm not sure but i i think this this makes me this makes me certain that I'll, i'll probably never move past the the price range Mm. That I've that I've been playing around with, yeah. Uh, overall, because that's that's smart. Bad things, bad things happen. There be monsters <laughs> after a certain price point. I, I that makes sense because it, it. I think there is there's a period or there's a range in price where if you operate above a certain price but below like an entry level Submariner, which is probably going to be like 10 or 11,000 bucks right now as a time of this recording, oh October 2023. Um, that space in between, that's probably the danger zone. Yeah. For the most part, depending on reliability, unless you kind of know what you're getting into and everything like that. So I support this decision and I just want the best for you. <clears throat> yeah. Sell uh, another thing, sell everything and, and, Go back to a, a, a no date sub. Uh, back back when I did have one, it was a it was a very different price. 
the price was closer to my doxa <laughs> the one that i had you could you it's a could, very different very different time you could do the rolex thing i think you would oh, be oh. i'm on the waiting list for something i forgot to tell you i am on an i'm officially on a waiting list so i've been told for what Ooh. i want to do a test and maybe this is a different episode um i wanted to test a lot of the nonsense involved with the waiting lists mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I'm starting to see some stories where people are like, yeah, I went on the list. I had no purchase history, but I had to wait this amount of time and I got the watch and the, the mark, the watch market overall is kind of deflating. So I thought, uh, what would happen if I asked to be put on a list for a watch? That's definitely not as hot as like a GMT or, a or, um, or a sub. And, I said, put me on the list for the Sea Dweller 43. The, oh, the one, I think it's 122600. I, I don't know what it is. It's a ridiculous, I would never, it's $14,000. <laughs> it's, it's massive. Yeah. <laughs> so huge. But you want to see. I just want to see what happens. What happens. W- okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll get that. I mean, uh, let's, see, let's see if you get the call. So, I'll sell my car. I'll sell my car. <laughs> Honey, we can just drive the watch to work. Don't, don't, don't you see how large it is? Yeah. Can't you see how giant it is? We both um, fit. <laughs> what was I going to say? I You could do the Rolex thing. You could do the Rolex thing and just go all in on a, a, a stainless steel black dial sub. I think you would love the feeling of just throwing on your watch and just being a person out in the world with your one watch. But I think at a certain point, you might get bored yeah i probably would get bored yeah i think it's more likely that i try to move away from in-house i think it's i think that's the more likely scenario you can get a pro diver i have a pro diver you, you have an invicta pro diver oh no, no 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 that's not i was thinking i was thinking about the eco drive citizen that i have that has oh, a similar name. oh yeah, yeah pro master Pro Master. Pro Master Diver. Diver. The Diver Pro Master or Pro Master Diver. I'm talking uh, the illustrious Yellow Box, the Invicta Pro Diver. Yeah, that's true. Also at the mall. I'm just glad that I, I'm just glad that I actually have a Tissot now and a broken. I I love that, that now the tutor is broken and I have a Tissot. Whoever whoever confused your tutor for Tissot, that person, that person must be, must have some sort of like precious powers. Not yeah. cursed. They might be. Able, they might be able to tell the future. Yeah, that's that's possible. You know, what a wild ride. But yeah, Come this man. is this has been insightful. I've got some thinking to do. Uh, I just I don't like looking at a very empty watch box, <laughs> little by little. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got the PRX. But here, let's do this before we close it out. I want to do housekeeping really quick. Yes, because yes. we didn't get the chance to do that. Uh, everyone. So first of all, thank you for listening this far into the episode if you have made it this far. Um, sorry if your name is Bryson. Two amazing call-outs on the twobookwashknobs.com website. One of them I know we did not talk about before because it wasn't live. One of them I can remember if we talked about, but I'm going to talk about it again anyway because it's actually relevant to what we're talking about right in this episode. Two things. Head over to twobookwashknobs.com. We're always posting new stuff. We have a lot of really cool things in the queue right now. A uh, huge shout out to uh, Ben Anderson for posting a review of this Omega Seamaster Diver 300. It is the green dial on the green rubber strap. Fantastic photos, fantastic write-up. In addition to that, 
Huge thank you to uh, Moyers Fine Jewelers in uh, Indiana who made this review uh, possible with Ben. If you're local to them, go and check them out. Uh, we're going to be working with them on other reviews as well to just kind of give a nice variety of pieces and things like that. Um, so go and check out Ben's Omega Seamaster Diver 300 uh, review. And there's a link to Moyers in the thing if you want to go and check it out. They actually have a lot of fun stuff. Uh, in addition to that, huge motherfucking shout out to uh, TBWS writer contributor Aaron Shapiro because I can't remember if we called this out last time he did his review on the IWC Spitfire Chronograph I hope you have better luck with it my friend <laughs> his, is, his is not broken I asked, <clears throat> I asked him if it was broken he said no it's not broken so yeah. go and check that out on the site lots of other really fun pieces coming up on the site uh, soon as well um, twobookwashknobs.com I think for housekeeping that's it that's, I just wanted to do those two call outs that's good, yeah. That's I love good. the fact. I, I love. I love the fact that we have this. Uh, this ceramic Omega Seamaster Diver three hundred review on the site. They're beautiful watches. Fucking amazing. I am biased. I still like my Seamaster more. Yours. Yours is better in a lot of ways. Don't worry. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who made that possible. Because I have not forgotten the fact that very specific members, including you of the TV devs community, came together. To make that watch purchase possible. Yeah. So if it wasn't for you people, I'd be nothing. <laughs> and I'm sorry I'm not more engaging in the community. Sorry. Right. It's just I don't like myself, so it's tough to really do things. Mm. I like it, you. Well, thanks. That's that 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 that, that helps. Fucking that helps. Bryson, man, Bryson, I can't believe. It. Now we have to buy one and review it. I want to. I want to rank for Citizen Bryson. <laughs> Three hundred eighty bucks for that that panda one. Not bad. I love that the ti- I love that they're titanium. I love titanium right yeah. now. That's yeah. cool. You should try one on. Next time you go, try one on. Yep. Yeah. Might leave with one. Careful. Oh, we. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the danger though. In going from expensive watches to like lesser priced watches, you get the sense of like, oh, I could buy five three hundred dollar watches instead of one four thousand dollar watch don't do that yeah that's, that's a whole other episode that's all yeah. you're, you're you're gonna get into, you're gonna work yourself into a whole new type of pain but um let's do this episode 261 is that it in the books it, in the books good to go is that is that is it that is it that sad time anything else we got to go through with the kids before we let them get back to it I think that's it. Just a lot to chew on this lot week. To chew on. Lot, lots of introspection. Let us know your thoughts on episode 261 and 2 of Watching House Podcast. Are expensive watches worth it? You know what? Let the list in there as well. What do you think Michael should buy? Let us know. Yeah, what should I do? Should I just set it all on fire? And I don't know. I need a new hobby. Maybe I just need a new hobby. Like, I don't know. That carries a lot of very troubling strings for me in regards to the fact that you and I are uh, <laughs> friends through this hobby. So I don't really know. Uh, it depends what hobby you get into. Maybe I can ride your coattails and follow you into your new hobby. Well, like a fly fishing blog or something. Oh, we'll yeah. No, I, I'll be friendless. Um, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't fly fish. I have no interest or no prior knowledge of any of that. Don't worry. It's not going to be that. <laughs> <laughs> let us know what you think Michael should get hit us up on Instagram at twobookwashknobs you can hit us up at uh, email as well tbws.contact at gmail.com the email again is tbws.contact at gmail.com or you can respond to uh, I don't know something on the website there's something in the comments 
I should start making posts for episodes for podcast episodes that go up again just because people like to interact there so mm-hmm. I gotta start doing that again but but yeah let's do this it's that sad time you can you can round it out and I'll I'll, uh, I'll put a I'll put a I'll put a nice sticker on it do a bookend salute to you guys thanks for listening my name is Mike and this is Kaz you have been listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs later later